Welcome to Funding Quest, where our quest is to help you find the best funding solutions for your business. I'm your host, Byron Allen, and we are back with Jeremy Lewis for the second part in a two-part series on hard money loans. Today, we're focusing on whether a hard money loan would be right for you and how you can determine what's appropriate for your specific situation. So I would say, and tell me what you think about this, that the, the business owner wants to e either start with checking with a bank or sometimes if you know your situation is un unusual, if you know you've got a, a, a ding, a, a check, yeah, a ding, a, a ding, ding. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Uh, then working with a professional like a mortgage broker sure. who really understands the gamut, sure. uh, and w which certainly Funding Quest would be an option for you there, uh, to to help you explore, well, can I qualify for a bank? All, all bank loans aren't e created equally right. either, right? So there, there's a, a wide range of what different bank programs can qualify or, or will accept as a qualifying loan than others. And then if it's determined that we don't qualify, your situation doesn't qualify for an attractive bank loan, right. then what can we do? What what hard money loan or other type of loan is there that can get you what you need? And, and does it make sense from a business standpoint? You don't yeah. want to just take more risk and have more expense right. without... If it doesn't help. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and you want to begin with the end in mind as far as, okay, our goal is to get you that ultimately the, the lower cost, longer term, more permanent financing. Right. That, that you really can help leverage your business sure. and uh, keep your cost of capital as low as possible. And so are we finding you that loan that will get you there? Right, and, and the, the, that to me brings to mind another point, Byron, that I've seen over the years, just personally as well as in my professional life. And that's sort of the, the, the one size fits all kind of lender that, that, you know what I mean? They've got one product and the, the description is that, you know, that solves all needs. Like, sometimes they're not the best product, right? I mean, your situation might be that, you know, you need the working capital loan, and we don't provide that. But the resources are available, and sometimes, you know, lenders know that. It seems to me like this is sort of what Funding Quest is, is offering. It's this notion that nobody can successfully be, you know, one size fits all. Because the situations are myriad and diverse. And again, a hard money loan might not be the best thing, but we have access to all sorts of professionals that, you know, specialize in a particular space. For us, it's hard money. For others, it's working capital. For others, it's receivable factoring. All those are part of the arena. Uh, and I've just sort of seen this type of steering, uh, if you will, towards one result when that's really not what's best for them. Uh-huh, right. And I don't like it much. <laughs> right, no, that's ex that is exactly the value that, that we're offering through FundingQuest is to be able to help. Sure, objectively look at the universe and say, well, you might be better off with with this as a base, if you will, for the real estate, and then X, Y, and Z, based upon your particular situation. Do you need, you know, equipment? Do you need payment processing? Do you need in all sorts of 
different things that add to the sort of financial efficiency question. That's right. Exactly. Excellent. So that brings us to a good question is how does a business owner uh, find the appropriate financing if it's a hard money lender or one of these other types? You mentioned it before. I mean, often it's the kind of classic referral network, lawyers, accountants, bankers, if you have personal bankers and relationships with them. It's, you know, you probably already talked to your banker and they told you that, hey, when you get to X, we would make you this loan or we'd look real hard at it, but we can't right now because of X, Y, and Z. So in the interim, this is the space you might want to look at. They might give you direct referrals. That's certainly point one. Uh, point two would be, again, brokers. You know, I, I'm not here to say any mortgage banker is doing anything wrong, but bankers, like I was touching on before, they sort of have their product, and that's all they're talking about. That's all that they're kind of bringing to the forefront. Brokers, just as, an, as a nature, they, they don't have any money of their own, right? That's why they're brokers. So they have a continuum or a arena of sources, and some might be better than others for your particular needs. It happens all the time. Again, I'm not here to say the broker model is better or, or worse than uh, lenders that fund with their own money. I'm just here to say there's a lot to be said. Talk to three brokers, hypothetically, and they all tell you X lender is fantastic. You know, they might be worth a call. <laughs> Either they're complete knuckleheads, right? Or they've found through experience and years of working with that lender that, you know, they do what they say they're going to do. They don't bait and switch. They're reliable. They're, you know, they have integrity. They act with ethics. All that is kind of important in this space, as opposed to, again, where you have no idea and you show up at the closing and you think you're getting a 7% loan and the paperwork says 12 and you, and you have to close tomorrow well, or yeah. or near there i've yeah. seen it i've yeah. literally seen it and that's where that's where the broker's experience with these lenders can be very valuable sure they've closed 10 loans over x number of years yeah they know they know mm -hmm. the people they literally know the people at right. the lender. That's right. And a lender's credibility, right? A lender's reputation. All that. I mean, what do people say? There's probably a good reason why, you know, the brokers and other sources are saying, hey, they, they did what they told me they would do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that goes a long way. To me, it always does. I think there's a lot to be said for, getting, for being told what to expect and then getting that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that really is a form of integrity. Because really that's what you're borrowing for at the end of the day. Everybody in the space to me gets it why a borrower would prefer a bank loan. But if you can't get that, you know, what's the next best alternative? Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's somebody who does what they said they're going to do, even when it's not quite as optimal or financially uh, attractive. Because usually there's other stuff that comes with that that isn't so good like I said, about prepayment penalties or terms or covenants or mm -hmm. cross-collateralizing or whatever. Just there, there's something in their documents uh, that isn't as favorable. That's right. That's right. So if we go back to hard money loans and we talk about the different types of hard money loans that there are, what are some of the 
limitations. For example, some types of hard money loans are available in, in some situations that other types of hard money loans may not be available or other types of hard money lenders, uh, depending on their source of capital and things like that. So right. can you help help us navigate the, the world of hard money loans from a perspective of here are the different types. You've talked about a, a spectrum of, of different types of hard money loans, different types of hard money lenders, and then what their each strengths and weaknesses might be. Well, uh, so, so sort of to me, I'm hearing what are the factors that you look at when you're trying to select a hard money lender? Some of them have asset classes or types that you know are, are a non-starter versus what they specialize in, whatever those may be, land, owner-occupied, uh, industrial, uh, investment properties, etc. Some have geographical constraints where they'll only do, you know, downtown Los Angeles or space like that, as opposed to peripheral or totally tertiary markets, you know, with populations in the below 10,000. You know, some of them have these credit constraints where they can only lend people with a certain credit score. Um, others, like I've said, sort of are able to kind of do a gestalt approach. That's how I think of it anyway. They kind of look at competing factors and try to find a way to make the loan work. Where, you know, maybe the property is decent but not stellar, but there's some other stuff that they're able to point to here and say, well, you know, this looks like a strong borrower. They've been there for a long time. They've, you know, they're committed to the space and it's a, a space that is worth committing to. I think most lenders do this, but maybe not as much as I might like to think. Try to find ways to make the deal work. A lot of lenders say, you know, this is my box. And if you don't fit in my box, I can't help you. And that's it. Uh, and that's the end of the conversation. Brokers, again, specialize as a rule and everybody knows where they would like the loan to be placed and that's usually the bank or a source like them because they've got the cheapest money except it doesn't often work uh, mm -hmm. for whatever reason. The things we just talked about, other stuff, the property itself, um, if it's income producing, it's not quite, you know, it doesn't debt service at present, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and other lenders, you know, are asked to and often can look at, you know, the story and track record and character and kind of the other things that go into the mix and say, well, gee, it's marginal on the basis of the property itself, but this sways it more towards the yes as opposed to a no. That's right. Excellent. You know, we've talked about some of these different types of hard money loans. You've got fix and flip loans mm -hmm. that are real short term. Yep. Uh, typically, the fix and flip loans are uh, higher interest rate, but may or may, or may not have um, points or yep. fees charged yep. to yep. it. But they're very short term loans. They generally speaking want to see you have you have a track record doing yep. what you're doing, and they're generally speaking, pretty high loan-to-cost loans. And, and often limited to a particular type of fix-and-flip, like That's in right. particular single-family. That's the quintessential one, and often the only one. That's I right. mean, I know a number of lenders, that's all they do is single-family, because guess what? I think everybody listening knows that that's the most efficient lending in the country, right? Uh -huh. Maybe even the world, 
whether it's for owner occupancy or investment purposes. That's but either way, it's housing, just right. single-family housing. Mm -hmm. So like I said, if you were to add up all the lenders in Arizona or Phoenix, uh, you might find a 1,000 lenders, I'll bet you 900 plus of them only do single-family. Mm -hmm. Because it's the easiest. It's the easiest to wrap your arms around. Everybody has an opinion, and it's probably pretty close to accurate about what their houses are worth and <laughs> what their neighbors' houses are worth, approximately. Right. You know, it's very easy to dial in on. That's right. And there's none of these, you know, craziness about how much it's making or or tenants or improvements. So you know what it is because you know what the rental value is, approximately and you know what the mortgage is. Mm -hmm. Those types of loans, like I said, are often only in a particular segment or sector, and it's usually single family mm -hmm. that I'm familiar with, up to maybe fourplexes. You know, that's the sort of classic one to four unit family residence. Uh, and beyond that, it's a commercial loan. That's right, that's exactly right. And even within that class of hard money lenders, you have varying availability. I was just going to say, some of those are small guys. Some of those are realtors. Some of those are, you know, individuals that kind of pool their money and say, okay, you know, we'll make you a loan on whatever. And those, those sources are valid sources, just like the family and friends approach. Um, but as to the fix and flips, right, like it, there's a very discreet, limited set of things that needs to occur, usually paint, carpet, you know, flooring or some limited stuff like that. But you know, you're not you're you don't need an architect. You don't need to be a contractor, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's pretty easy to look at it and say, okay, it needs five thousand dollars worth of X, and then it's probably worth Y. That type of lending is pretty attractive. Sometimes it's done without points, but it's only done in a limited geography and for limited asset types. Right. So how do these these fix and flip lenders compare to a bridge lender? And what is a bridge lender? Well, uh, yeah, and I don't know that I have tremendous expertise in that. Firms I've worked at will do a little bit of, if you will, light rehab, but they're generally not construction lenders. Construction lending is sort of a whole universe unto itself where you've got to you know, basically look at the value of a property literally sometimes by day or by week in terms of what got done with your draw the last week and you know, are you really in a better position than you were now that that money's been spent? And, and you know, there's a big kind of temporal time-derived uh, component there because sometimes you're talking about a period of a year and the market can change in a year. I mean, what was prudent money in month one might not look so prudent when there's huge vacancies in that segment that you're now advancing money on each month. Uh, uh, I'm just saying, uh, construction lending is a whole separate beast. It's, it's different than and more difficult than, in my opinion, uh, which is why they charge more. Uh, to get behind those risks. And some lenders say, hey, we just can't do it. Mm -hmm. Can't do it at all. Uh, because they need literally to be looking at the property daily or weekly. and you know. Right. And so construction loans, that's sure. a good point that that's, that's different. And, and those really ground up construction are yeah. even different yeah. than fix and flip. Oh, so, for sure. And how does that compare to your bridge money, your, your kind of shorter term, not fix and flip money, but, but not your long term permanent financing or term loans also, right? You've got this space called bridge. 
Yeah, and, and again, it's usually it's in between, just like you described it, and and also in terms of its pricing, it's not quite as attractive as uh, the long-term financing, but more attractive than the fix and flip financing, and you get a longer period of time or longer maturity. Fix and flip loans can be three months; they can be six months, maybe at most twelve. Some lenders say, you know, again, the bridge space generally says hey, we'll lend you the money for some period of time because we know you can't turn it around in six months. But in two years, we think you could, et cetera, et cetera. Over this window, we think it's a reasonable, feasible period of time to make the changes you want to make, and hopefully they're value-added changes. They, you know, you spend a dollar and it's worth a dollar twenty-five or seventy-five. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the, that's the goal. That's what every one of those lenders wants to uh, effectuate. Right. Good. Well, Jeremy, thank you. This has been very enlightening <coughs> and educational. And hey, I'm here all day. <laughs> Is there anything we haven't covered that you think would be beneficial for our viewers and listeners, our audience, with regard to understanding either lending in general or more specifically perhaps hard money loans? We've touched on a lot. Like, like I said, um, I, I think word of mouth is important. Um, yeah, selecting uh, your bro your lender or folks that you're gonna basically trust for advice. Exactly right. You wouldn't go to a dentist to advise about your electrical problem or plumbing problem, right, at your house and or or, or business because that's not what they do. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you might talk to folks who are engaged in that field and you talk to enough of them and they might have some ideas about, you know, folks who have or, or companies that have a track record of performing in the space that they occupy and doing so on, on you know, I said it before, on the terms that they said they would. Mm -hmm. And that's worth a lot. I mean, I've had mechanics that are valuable the referral, right? Because you know they're going to treat you right. Mm. They do only what's necessary in that case as opposed to, oh, you need a new engine, you know, <laughs> when you don't. You just need an oil change or something like that, spark right. plugs. Yeah. I mean, it's silly, except it's not silly because there's a lot of people in the financial markets that they'll eat your lunch for you. And others, you know, that's not their deal. And uh, I very much prefer the latter, personally. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, Jeremy. This has been very enlightening and insightful and, and entertaining. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Sure. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>